Aloha Maui Nui. Hello, this is Josh Porter. And Jason Burkhart in the studio, finally after All a world right. trip. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back, Jay. I'm tired. <laughs> We're here uh, on episode 108. We're going to be covering inner solar Europe. Now, this is uh, may not be on your radar, but this is actually one of the biggest solar trade shows, kind of convening events in the world. Certainly the biggest uh, in Europe at about 50,000 attendees, 1,300 exhibitors, hundreds of thousands of feet, square feet of space, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, gigantic. Just um, dwarfed any trade, trade show we've been to previously. Yeah, really cool. And there's certainly a lot of announcements coming out of that show as well. I mean, the companies treated it as a major event. Yeah, they sure did. So there was a lot of kind of first coming out of that. We're going to cover a lot of that stuff, talk about some of the new technologies, storage, PV, uh, you know, virtual power planning, all kinds of great, super geeky stuff that's going over, uh, going on over in Europe right now. There's definitely a bit of a solar renaissance happening, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to dig into that today. So let's jump into our housekeeping. Right uh, hey, folks, this is The Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 1.05 p.m. on Ko'oi, 1110 a.m. Also, some FM stations. 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Got a great website, www.solar-coaster.com. It's getting better all the time because we keep adding more content. Uh, we're in the process of uploading a whole lot of interesting photos and video from our previous world travels, uh, including a trip to uh, ITER, the fusion reactor site, uh, and, and of course, this inner solar that show that we're talking about. Uh, you can listen live there. Uh, check out our live stream, which is online on YouTube right now. So go to solar-coaster.com, click on list, uh, the YouTube stream, and you can see jump in the studio see us um also go in there and check out the podcasts podcasts are all our old shows so if you have any particular interest in a solar technology you're looking to buy a battery you know chances are we've covered it by now mm. uh and and you can definitely get in and get a full hour's worth of content about whatever you're looking for uh we're also available on podcast networks itunes stitcher tune in all carry the solar coaster just pop in uh look for our little yellow sc logo and take us everywhere you go Hey Siri, play Solar Coaster podcast. Yeah, you did it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sponsors: Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, and LG Chem. These are the companies, innovative companies that are doing amazing things in the space mm -hmm. all across the country and the world. Um, this is a call-in show, folks. 808-242-7800 is the call-in line. Uh, if you'd like to give us a, a call during the show, uh, let's jump over to the Pantech Design Minute. Pantech Design Minute number five: Smart, configurable backup power during grid outage. It's all in the circuit breakers. Systems with controllable circuit breakers, a Sony an Equalink's battery and an Adapt EA energy automation package can benefit from what's called smart configurable backup functionality. This allows the system not only to focus on managing excess energy production over what you're consuming, but further tailor energy consumption based on needs and priority defined by you, the homeowner. So in the event of a power outage, the system will provide backup power to specific circuits based on a predefined set of rules in the Adapt EA package. When a power outage occurs, the Sonin Equalinks begins providing backup power to the main panel. You are notified by Adapt that it is providing backup power to your home, and you're presented with options on what you would like to power. If no option is selected, the system can be configured to default to a predefined mode of operation. The Adapt DA package then sends the selected profile to the controllable breakers, which then actuate the selected circuits to on or off position based on the user's selection or the predefined mode of operation. This unprecedented control and functionality allows you to have more power over longer run times for only the devices you need during an outage scenario, delivering safety, security, and functionality when your family needs it most. This has been the Pantech Design Minute. There you go, Pantech Design. Uh, we're kind of uh, continuing to learn about the capabilities of, um, of smart house equipment integrated with solar plus battery. And Pantech is really leading the charge there. Uh, Pantech Design is really leading the charge because uh, up until you know SPI 2018 just really wasn't a possibility. Yeah, these two industries never talked to each other. And although home automation was very mature, um, that there's it, having it tied into the actual energy system of the home just enables so many more options. It does. So we'll check more about, out about that soon. I think we're going to have a, a live show at one of the first installs in Texas at Troy Morgan's house. Sure sounds like, yeah. We're excited about that. And we'll get <laughs> a chance a good to one. experience it firsthand. Let's, you want to jump over to Solar Novus and talk about a little bit about inner solar and news and events, Jay? Absolutely. Right away. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Where are we? Solar Novus. Success of Inner Solar Europe indicates a solar market boom. Um, this is 
a nice article from Solar Novus about the Intersolar trade show, the one we went to. Um, but it's it's just highlighting how big this event really was. Um, 1,354 exhibitors. That's that's 1,350 booths. Right. Right. Individual booths. There's no way you can see it all. Right. Not a, not right. even not a chance. And of course we didn't. Um, 50,000 visitors, which is more than twice the size of SPI last year. Uh, SPI right? was 22,000. 22,000, yeah. yeah. So, so just, just huge. And then 162 countries represented. So, and, and that was what struck me. You'll hear that in the, in the segment going forward is that there were just so many people speaking so many languages. That's um, fun. It was, it was like, yeah, if you, if you enjoy that type of thing, it's actually a lot of no, fun. No, that was fun. It was fun. It was <laughs> fun like to think Trying that to find between my languages, their languages, like yeah. where, where can we find any common communication method? <laughs> well, I think we're used to the, um, the trade shows we've been to. We were used to, we were in our store in San Francisco, yeah. we were at SPI in Vegas and in Anaheim, and we got a sense for what's going on in a national level, you know, SIA and SIPA in DC, and we, I think that's where kind of our mind has felt most comfortable in understanding of you know sure because the because the content comes in English we get to know we get to navigate that right. relatively easily um, but but you can you cannot forget that Europe is a large continent there's a lot of, of good old money there uh, there's a lot of companies there and they do a tremendous amount of business that never sees the U.S. We, we never right. we never see it, right. uh, but there's the whole half of the world going on yeah, over there. I feel like there are people from and everywhere, and they they have their own projections here, which is also really interesting. That they they're um, planning on for 2020 having an 18 percent growth rate in solar and, and PV across Europe. Uh, across Europe specifically. Mm-hmm. 24.1 gigawatt of capacity mm-hmm. installed mm-hmm. in 2020 is what they're looking forward to, uh, and we'll see if they hit those targets. We'll certainly keep track of that, um, but just a tremendous just booming market it really was uh very bullish <laughs> on the floor yeah I think. and there and there's a, a lot of different things happening over there um you know in terms of changes in the subsidi- subsidies they're talking about a subsidy free uh, market in renewables across the continent. They're talking about a lot, you know, then they also uh, had, you know, the inner solar itself, they had uh, these awards for these new technologies that have been coming out. Uh, so we, we spoke to a couple of those uh, companies that had been E-Award, I think it's called the E-Award, is that what mm-hmm. it is? Yep. Uh, the recipients or finalists, like the metal polymer guys we're going to hear from in a little bit. Uh, you know, so really just a, a great experience and I think we, we're going to be able to share some innovations that are relevant to our market here as well. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's, what's the next one you want to cover, Jay? Um, just real quick, a couple other things that I saw out there and that other people have recognized mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of talk about this virtual power plant kind of model. VPP. The VPP. Um, there's a new uh, Spanish company. Uh, what was the name? It was um, Ampere. Ampere. I, I hope yep. I'm saying that correctly. I mean, it's Ampere. But um, the Spanish company, they have this unique little spherical battery thing. It looks like a piece of modern art, really. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a, a, it's a or, or, or a robot that's coming to it's to, nearly to a meter it's 79 millimeters <laughs> 70 or yeah 70, centimeters? 79 centimeters, centimeters across um it looks looks like a, a white death star almost it's pretty wild looking <laughs> look, look this thing they, up they if you can this, the spanish ampere sphere um <laughs> but it looks it looks really awesome and and it it's they're setting up this whole um vpp concept and sonin is a company we're very familiar with they've been a sponsor of the solar coaster they have a well rolled out vpp model where they they actually um, can do all sorts of things like grid stability. Um, they can migrate energy across the nation without ever changing. And we're, we're going to dig into <laughs> we're that. We're going to dig in into all this, all the, all this sure. stuff. But um, but now there's a lot of other people coming up and trying this thing. It just makes sense to have this distributed power uh, kind of model. Um, when everybody has a home battery already. For sure. I mean, and that spherical battery, yes, they had different shapes, right? They do have different shapes. A they, sphere, have a nice, they have a nice wood panel one square, in case you care. Uh, a, a, like a rectangle. And I US. was like, can I get a triangle or a pyramid? Yeah, you, want, you wanted the pyramid. I think it's almost the most like a work of art. Piece it's almost like a work of art. It I, could see it it being a, I could see it being an apartment yep. and you're, or a small place. And you're like, hey, I want to get a little bit of uh, backup power. Maybe I'm going to integrate this with a small array. And you yep. go, hey, I'm going to put this as a conversation piece. I thought that was really interesting, man. Honestly, I was yeah. like, you asked me this morning. You're like, do you want that in your house? And I was like, kinda. <laughs> yeah, kinda. I kinda do. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. The final thing I really want to touch base on here, though, is the photovoltaic. You, this is a, this is a topic you love. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite as as thrilled with it. Um, th- there was a lot of conversation. There was a big big at this intersolar event, uh, which unfortunately we didn't take 
attend this particular talk, but it was a big conversation between Bayware and Ocean Sun and a couple other players uh, who are developing new ways of floating these these photovoltaic panels um and they had a lot there was a big big conversation in between the two of them and the number of them um trying to get these things to actually pay off Um, right right because they're trying different technical approaches different technical approaches different coverage rates um no one had a clear answer on um something that i was concerned about which is environmental impacts like if you're actually covering the surface of the water uh what does that if do there's an ecosystem to there. the ecosystem yeah there is a well a if, the, if times, there's an ego there's always an ecosystem there well, you can't a lot say of that the, yeah well, <laughs> a, a reservoir or like a holding tank i mean that's not an ecosystem i want but I mean, so sure. here's here's the point right there are some environments where uh putting putting solar on top of water has not only the opportunity to uh, it's the ancillary benefits. It, you're going to forego the use of land for a, a solar farm, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, you're going to uh, mitigate evaporation. You're going to be able to uh, control that water holding environment in a little bit better fashion, potentially. And then uh, then you also have now the opportunity to, to create energy out of it. And I can see it. some of these technologies, like the one on this, the, you can't see it in the, of course, in, in radio, but you were looking at what looks like a big trampoline. And it really then, does, doesn't and it? And it looks like they, they've, they've stuck on some... Um, some thin film or something mm-hmm. on top of it. I mean, it's probably not what it is, but it looks that way. So it's a completely different uh, a type of system than the, the little uh, floats. It, looks like, it little... looks like one of those rubber um, raft things you'd get yeah. in like Disney. You know, when you go to you go to the big the big river raft yeah. thing, and it's just a sphere around. And and, and to to, to satisfy your concern, I don't think they're going to be checking that this out on top of the Great Barrier Reef unless that would help. <laughs> you know, yeah. Given, no, so. it's, it's it's less about chucking them out on the Great Barrier Reef, but it's more about storm resistance. I don't see these sure. things being capable of dealing with the ever increasing amount of storm activity we have Fair enough. around the world. Fair enough. And Fair enough. so it's, it's, I don't I don't like the I don't like the, like the idea of investing a tremendous amount of power into this type of infrastructure and then have it absolutely just wiped out and washed out to sea. I don't know, man. Your <laughs> typical solar farm, like we see with the Tesla. We're going to talk about the Tesla one a little yeah, bit later. We yeah, let's you go. get a big hurricane in <laughs> okay. there, you know, and knocks it out, and I it's guess. the same deal. Well, we, we will see. Okay, um, another one. Forbes article, uh, Swedish clean tech company actually wants to mass produce printable organic cells. This We've been talking about this stuff forever and ever, uh, perovskites, etc. cetera. Um, but this is a gentleman, um, Matthias Joseph from Epishine, which is a Swedish company, has is basically putting together a large printing factory. He said his vision is to have manufacturing machines the size and scales of newspaper presses. So think about old newspaper presses, uh, where each machine <laughs> is printing solar cells on rolls equivalent to one nuclear reactor per month. <laughs> <laughs> That's like print the best a quote. nuclear reactor. Just print a nuclear reactor per month. But you got to understand that a nuclear You're reactor talking is about energy and gigawatt, power, ca- energy capabilities, and power energy capability. It's not actually going to generate that all right. the time. But having having the ability to to manufacture that much solar that quickly. Right. That's impressive. Right, because really these is. lines that are being produced now for traditional solar, when I say traditional, I mean like framed silicon-based PV yeah. modules, yep. uh, they have a, a rating, each of those those lines, on an annual production capability. Mm-hmm. And a, a, a nuclear reactor per month is a gigawatt, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that means we're talking about 12 gigawatt lines running simultaneously per machine, really, not yeah. per factor. Yeah, and, we, so and, we and could we're, be we're, talking about, we're talking about, what, rolling out 100 gigawatt per year yeah worldwide or mm-hmm. a little more than that so 120, okay 120 hopefully so you set so you, 20 you machines that, in a factory 20 and then and all of a sudden you're, that you're right satisfying now. the entire world's <laughs> demand for solar and that's that's not too bad <laughs> oh man if, if you can do it this is geek uh, so let's, right so let's now, see guys. yeah let's see if that actually materializes i'd love to see it i mean if you can get solar on everything imagine your, your car wrapped in solar your phone wrapped in solar your so house you, wait, wait, wait. Solar. so what i see here is uh, that little machine where you print and put labels on stuff now you just have a little solar panel printer and you just put it on all your stuff what's it connected to as well question <laughs> okay all right very go good ahead. very good uh, but go ahead which one are we looking at oh tesla okay yeah uh you want to start because i don't have it up yet oh tesla busted solar panels um are in um vieques yeah vieques uh puerto rico so a lot of, i don't think it was actually solar panels it was batteries that was the problem um tesla had come in after the um after maria in puerto rico mm-hmm. um and and offered to 
install a lot of batteries, a lot of solar at a discount and or free. I mean, corporate benevolence. This is um, kind of that PT Barnum marketing thing. That it really Las was. Yeah. Today, right? and, and, and this is this is kind of unfortunate that there's a lot of places that are now saying, you know what, it never worked. It still doesn't work. And Tesla is not coming back to fix it. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's a whole lot of batteries and or panel solar installations that are sitting there and they're doing absolutely nothing. And they're now staring down the barrel of another hurricane season already. So, so what I get out um, of this story is that, and this was originally published on the Huffington Post, by the mm -hmm. way, but this was the article we're looking at is citylab.com. Yep. Uh, basically, Vieques is a separate island from the main island of Puerto Rico, right? Mm -hmm. And there was a DC cable or a cable uh, connecting the grid from the main to... Correct. The, and that was severed by part of this project that was accepted, I suppose, by Vieques yep. uh, representatives. And they were going to put in what I would guess is a, a solar farm and a, probably a whole bunch of Tesla power packs. Yeah. But they had some trouble with the existing electrical infrastructure. Things kind of went spark and it wasn't they let, they let the magic smoke out as everybody knows electronics <laughs> run on out. magic smoke when you let the smoke out it doesn't work anymore oh, um, um no the batteries the batteries popped when they so i'm sure it's not the batteries themselves i'm sure it's the electrical control systems it's probably I would say a relatively simple fix where those things are modular. You pull out the board, you replace the board, the battery cells are okay, uh, but they simply can't get any attention to have somebody come and, and swap out the board and, of course, figure out what's wrong with the infrastructure. But it's, it's a serious situation for them because they've now disconnected from the larger grid. I see, I see. So you got some water supply stuff here, some medical environments, some, some things like this that they're Power, they were supposed to be powering, but it looks like they're running off of... Schools, which are supposed to be their, their sites of... of um, safety <laughs> during storm, right? Yeah, yeah really interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the, you know, the, Tesla's kind of doing a lot of things right now. Um, and, uh, you know, this is uh, obviously an important one to get a sense of what's going on. I want to get an update on the timing on this because I don't really, it's not really clear to me uh, if this is, you know, the fix is underway. It feels like it should be, right? Yeah, so. absolutely. Yep. Okay. Um, in local news, finally, um, Public Utilities Commission has approved the MECO rate hike. So this means um, an additional 3.7% uh, increase uh, for um, your electric bill going forward. Um, I believe and this was April 20th, just so you know, April, it was April about, 20th, a month ago. Yeah, about a month ago. Um, we had been talking about this before because we had the interim rate hike that was that was that was approved, and now it's it's gone kind of permanent. Um, so five bucks a month. So uh, you you know if you're a 500 kilowatt hours uh, rental, 500 kilowatt that's pretty low actually. I'd say 500 kilowatt hours. Mm. Uh, that's like a 150, 100 and whatever seven dollar bill. So yeah, another five bucks a month if you're here in Maui, maybe. Uh, um, they get, okay, yeah, yeah. a little bit, little bit more three, if you're on Molokai or Lanai. Right. And, um, but they yeah. said it's going to raise a little more than $12 million annually, and it's going to pay for operational improvements. Stability is actually on there, reliability, uh, improved customer service, and to integrate more renewable energy. You know, it's ironic, right? You, it, I, there's, there are these costs associated with going green, with 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 attempting to go uh, renew towards 100% renewable energy mandate. But at a certain point, once these uh, these infrastructure upgrades are made, are we going to start to see this kind of plummeting cost Would, of energy? Wouldn't Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that make sense? <laughs> right? It's an investment I'd, in I'd, our future. I'd like to see that. I don't. I don't. I'm a little pessimistic. That's in that, uh, in that, but, Maui but, but, News article from April 20th, and then just yeah. after that. Mar uh, oh, this is actually uh, oh, this is actually an old article. Probably skip that. It's March third, Jay. The um, the thirty-eight uh, percent one. Yeah, but 38%. I mean, it's still nice to shout it out every once in a while. We are at 38 or more percent uh, renewable energy uh, as of the end of last year. So we're, we're in good shape. If you um, are interested in solar for your house, I'd strongly recommend you looking at it uh, before the end of the year. We're going to end up having the, uh, the, the um, federal tax credits start to step down. So you're stagger and, down. Yeah. And so if you don't have plans for I think you have to show intent is what the language is. So you have to have somebody submitting quotes and or um, site survey. Yeah. <laughs> something, yeah. something like that before, before, call, before the end of the year. Give us a call and we'll connect you with a good installer to help you out and navigate that process. Absolutely. Okay? Let's jump over to our commercial break. We'll come right back. We're going to hear all about InterSolar Europe. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, 
climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. LG is a leader in the home electronics industry and manufactures some of the most popular PV panels as well as many other appliances we've come to know and appreciate over the years. The same LG brand offers the LG Chem Rezu battery line for your home energy storage needs. Here in Hawaii, their primary model is the LG 10H Rezu with 9.3 kilowatt hours of usable capacity. The LG 10H Rezu can be used both to maximize consumption of solar energy at home and also functions as a source of backup power in the event that the grid goes down. LG Chem has increased production of their battery line for Hawaii's renewable energy solar market. Contact your local solar provider to learn more about the LG Chem 10H Resu battery. So here we are at the Messe Mühing in Munich, Germany for InterSolar Europe. And it's just an incredible atmosphere here. There's so many languages being spoken all around me. Unbelievable amount of people waiting in line for that nine o'clock. Yeah, we got, um, let's see, we got about 15 minutes until the gates open. And yeah, it looks like a pretty big affair. It certainly looks like it's gonna be a big event. Uh, 1,300 exhibitors, 500 journalists, 50,000 attendees. 50,000? 50, 50,000, that's what they set up in the press room. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Registered attendees. We just took a look at all the different press kits. There's probably three, four dozen from all the, the different companies that are up there. You know, they, we, we have a bag filled with all the stock. We're gonna read through it. In multiple languages, we were able to get a lot of it in English, which is nice, right? Not everything. Different. Uh, yeah, again, like I said, this is um, a completely different atmosphere from either uh, InterSolar or SPI two shows we have attended across the United States, where you tend to find mostly people from that region. I see people from absolutely everywhere, and I'm hearing disparate languages. <laughs> yeah, and I actually just spoke with one, not, of the, not a lot of English. one of the organizers here, uh, and it's the same organizing group as InterSolar San Francisco. Right. So we know that InterSolar in San Francisco kind of had a, um, there, it was a, almost a competitive environment between SPI and uh, InterSolar. So SPI has been in Vegas, Anaheim, now Salt Lake. SBI seems to have taken the kind of uh, the lead in terms of people can only really, uh, most industry people will go to one show a year. That's hard to go to two shows, right? right. So InterSolar in San Francisco is, I, I believe they just had their last year. And it's kind of interesting to see how big InterSolar is in Europe. So that the same managing body, I just spoke with the organizational crew here, and said, yep, we've been doing InterSolar San Francisco for years. And this is what they do. So he was quick to point out that this is three times larger than SBI. Yes. <laughs> that was interesting. We're here at the Sonin booth at InterSolar Europe. Yes, welcome to our booth at uh, InterSolar. Uh, uh, I can show you some of our latest technology. Maybe we can start with our VPP. You already heard about it. I think basically you know the, what it is doing, but you see it here. We have our virtual, virtual battery that consists of thousands of home storage systems that are being connected via our VPP uh, software platform. If you see the grid frequency of 50 Hertz here in Germany is, is uh, fluctuating uh, too much, then our virtual battery comes into play. It's going to take the power out of thousands of connected batteries to form one large battery and then uh, has enough power to stabilize the grid and make the grid frequency becoming more equal than before. That's what it does and our customers are benefiting from us via free charges of electricity. So they are doing something for them, they are doing something for the grid. Uh, so it's a win-win situation for everybody. Here you see our international project we are doing with our virtual power plant because um, you can use uh, this technology of combining many, many decentralized batteries to one battery in, uh, for different purposes. You can not only make grid stabilization but also other things with it. For, um, so you cannot just make a grid frequency regulation, you can also make other grid services. We have several projects here. We are uh, in the US, as you may have heard, in, 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 uh, together with our partner Mendeley Homes, we are building a new Zonin community there that will be consisting of almost 3,000 houses. Every house has a PV system and a Zonin battery storage, and uh, it's also possible to connect them and make some kind of uh, load shifting, for example, for the grids. We have a, a very recent project in, in England and in the UK where we are connecting 100 batteries here in Cornwall to form a, an energy trading platform so people can uh, charge their batteries at uh, 
times of low consumption and low prices and uh, can put it to the grid during times of high consumption and high pricing. So almost an open energy market. Exactly. That's why it's called uh, Cornwall Local Energy Market. It's an oh, EU-funded <laughs> EU project. Yes. And uh, the partner there is Centrica, one of the large uh, utilities in the UK. So it's very interesting for them as well because they can stabilize their grid within very uh, flexible and very easy way. We are also in Italy, we are also in Australia with, with uh, uh, putting together our storage system and there we are also trading on the, on the national energy trading market active today with our Zon batteries. So it's, it's, it's uh, everywhere it's, where we have a certain amount of storage system, it makes sense from a certain time on to, to connect them. Where is that critical mass or do you not know? Depends on the service? It, it, it depends of course of the service, but anyway, um, it, it starts at a very low level already. Some hundred batteries can already have an impact on the grid, of course. And at least they can have a benefit uh, to, to the customer because uh, if you, for example, if you have uh, times of very high consumption, also the grid load is very high and then you can, if you put it, start putting it to the battery storage, you relieve the grid and the, uh, the battery owner can earn or can save money. Maybe we could show you our latest technology we have. Our app or our, our uh, customer portal where people can have access to the Sun battery and see what, the, what it is doing. So you see there, that is, uh, the yellow lines are the production uh, is the production of the PV system, the blue one is the consumption of the household, and you also see... Um, so, energy is yours. You, it's a statistics, exact, exactly, and you see also, um, you just saw uh, the grid frequency regulation uh, our customers are doing together, so you have the grid frequency in real time passing over your monitor always, and you see uh, that you are contributing to it. You also see uh, what is happening in your household by... Uh, like there. This How? is an incredible easy graph. I, I really like this because you can see there's energy coming from the PV, it's going into the battery, it's going into the house. You're yes. not feeding anything to the grid. And exactly. Exactly. Yes. So right now you are fully independent with this. And then you're also uh, with our um, energy tariff for this uh, grid frequency stabilization. We have an energy tariff that is called Sonnenflat. And then you also see very transparently how much of it you have already been using this, this year and how. Uh, that you probably will stay below your free electricity amount and so you're at uh, zero uh, euro, um, electricity costs during the year. That's what you get from making the grid stable. You don't have electricity costs anymore. That's a, that's a service that's worth quite a bit to the utilities. Yes, it is, it, it's worth because in Germany at least we have the separation between utilities and grid operators. It's a bit different than in many other countries but anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good for both because um, if you have a stable grid and you don't have so, if you don't have to um, to activate other things for making grid stabilization like uh, um, turbines or gas power plants or whatever, and you use something that is already there, that is already in the people's houses, no one has to pay for. That is a, a very uh, smart way, I think, to to make grid stabilization, and of course, uh, the customers will benefit from it as well. And also, maybe you 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 don't need to uh, you don't have to. Um, Maybe you can save the one or other power line you would need otherwise to make uh, the grid. Thank you. So, Jay, you know, I thought that Sonin's meeting Sonin, of course, we had just come back from a trip at Sonin's facilities, yep. and we they were explaining again, but they had a huge presence right in the entryway of the, the hall, and, uh, you know, they're talking about some of, they've been in business for a while, they're, they're kind of a major leader out there. They're a major leader. I mean, they were just purchased by uh, Dutch Shell New Energy. Mm -hmm. um, they actually are kind of like the granddaddy of the VPP concept. You know, everybody seemed that what seemed to see is that more people are jumping in on this distributed energy resource kind of economy. Uh, the next one we actually met up was with Senec. Yeah. So we're here with Devin Wilson. We're at Intersolar Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. So so we're here at the booth of BYD and it's all of BYD's products, all manufactured in China. We at EFT, we work on behalf of BYD. We support them in all the markets uh, globally they enter. So we've been working with them in Germany for about five years now and uh, we're also entering the U.S. Just, just recently started entering the U.S. in, in 2019, uh, the beginning of 2019. 
So what is what, what is the relationship between EFT and BYD? What is your uh, we just support them. We support them locally. So so BYD is based in Shenzhen, China, and and they recognize that it would it would be most successful to have a team on the ground in each market they're entering. So for example, in Germany, they wanted someone on the ground to support with sales and all that, as well as after sales support. They know that if you have a problem with your battery, you have a problem with your product, you you don't want to have to call you know time zone issues and whatnot. You don't have to call to Shenzhen and say, hey, I'm having an issue with my product. You want to call someone locally, someone that can that can come by your house if there's an issue. So that's where EFT supports them. How does okay? So how does BYD fit into the battery conversation? What is what are its major tenants? What so so the first thing to remember is that BYD is a huge manufacturer of battery cells. So BYD is actually the the world leader when it comes to electric vehicle manufacturing. Um, a lot of us in the West, especially in America, we don't see any of that because most of the passenger vehicles are sold in Asia. Right? What we're starting to see in the U.S. are the electric buses. So there's actually now a, a, a BYD USA, they're headquartered in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles, is now buying BYD electric buses. All, all their electric bus fleet is going to be BYD buses. So that's where you're really going to start to see the BYD brand in the uh, in the kind of in America. Um, sector yeah exactly so that's a big that's a big component so as I said a huge manufacturer of cells most of them are going to electric vehicles a portion of them are going to our stationary storage and BYD does commercial uh, utility level at storage and then residential and in this particular division of uh, BYD the battery box division focuses on residential and then light commercial yeah so give us a sense of the scale of those two areas yeah. what type of so, so, so it starts with this high voltage, low voltage products. You know, it's it's five, or actually the lowest you can get is a three point five kilowatt hour system. So it starts there small, and then you know for these residential on grid products, 11, 12, 14 kilowatt hour that range. Um, you can then parallel a couple batteries. So you can get up to thirty kilowatt hours roughly. All 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 residential. Yeah. Then for the commercial, which is this is a new product we're releasing now. So previously we had this is called the Pro. You're able to parallel to get up about half megawatt. Now we now we're doing that with this commercial product here. It's a rack-based system, um, and with that you're able to get you know, just a kind of plug-and-play system up to 230 kilowatt hours, and then you could have multiple of those. So CNI kind of stuff, right? Because okay. as I mentioned, there's there, you know BYD is a huge company, has many divisions. There is a whole division dedicated towards containerized utility storage. So we're kind of we're kind of coming from the residential side up, and they're they're at the commercial level. If you need massive containerized storage. Yeah. What type of chemistry does BYD focus on? That's a, that's a major point that we like to emphasize. So BYD produces both, both chemistry types. The, the, the company produces both chemistry types because they produce electric vehicles and faster vehicles. So what they do is for all of their stationary storage, we focus on LFP, so lithium iron phosphate. Uh, Obviously, because they create both uh, cell types, they have the choice of they can put either one in their products. They recognize, especially when you're talking about stationary storage, when you're not moving it around, the advantages of LFP are huge. Um, safer, longer life, more efficient, more power, better operates in a better uh, range of temperatures, higher range of temperatures. So Hawaii, for example, it's, it's important to have that upper range and whatnot. Um, LFP has uh, definitely a role in, in like storage, especially within homes. I mean, I, I think we're all very excited to see lithium iron phosphate kind of move from that very expensive thousand dollars thousand kilo dollars a kilowatt hour kind of price point it's lived out with Murata and these kinds of uh, manufacturers to kind of a more achievable something that might be able to compete with cobalt so do you see BYD playing a role in that in that like pursuit definitely we are already very competitive we are I, I mean I can't directly talk about pricing because it's we're talking many markets as well but we are very competitive with our NMC partners um, more competitive in some in some places so uh, magnesium cobalt that is yep yep so uh, let me ask you this when you start to uh, when, you, when you compare that chemistry versus uh, NMC you're seeing better cycle lives right as part of the characteristic of LFP uh, are you where are you testing that out and how are your warranties comparing and what do you what are we seeing so when it comes to warranty we align commercially with our biggest competitors so you don't you're not going to see it really in the commercial warranty so for example in the US we stand you know it's kind of standard 10 year 60% usable capacity what we see though so uh, we've recently had um, there's been a couple third party tests that have occurred one was the university of berlin you can see it here on our booth we were the most efficient battery they tested as far as a round trip uh, efficiency 
Um, but then there's also a, an institute in Australia called the Lithium Ion Battery Test Center. And what they do is they get batteries and inverters, and they have a big lab, and they test them in real world conditions. So cycling them at different temperatures. You know, they, they have this whole regime of different temperatures, and they're doing the, you know, and it's not just a nice, perfect, uh, low power. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's trying, it's trying to, because what, they, what they're focused on is the customer. They want to say, this is what you're going to experience, right? So what they did, they've been doing that testing now. Um, they, what they do is every six months they release a report. So they're on report five, they're due to have report six very soon. And the nice thing about that is every time they release a report, they show you kind of the, the life cycle performance of all the batteries they're testing. And what they've shown is the BYD battery has, the, it's tracking to have the best life cycle of all the, of all the batteries. They You're take. able to extrapolate out over 15, 20 years. Yeah, and you can see that. And so they've already been doing it for a while, a couple of years, so you can see where it's going and then you can see that projection. And, and that's similar, you know, we do internal testing that shows the same thing. We obviously like to lean on third-party tests, uh, you know, it's a non-biased source. In order to get that kind of cycle life and have that kind of visibility of uh, multi-decade lifespan for, for chemistry for storage. What I understand is there's a refinement process in the chemistry. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I could get a technical person from BYD here to, to dig into that. What I can point out though, as far as, so a lot of people have this question. We've been selling these products in Germany for about five years, right? But the warranties for 10 years, the life cycle, the life, it'll go on beyond that. So a lot of people wonder, how is this gonna perform in years five through 10, et cetera? So there's a couple of things. We do um, expedited, expedited life cycle testing in our lab. So speed things up, we've, we actually, have, for a residential application, we've done testing of, of cells up to like 50 years out. You see just a nice smooth degradation curve. Also, because BYD has been around for a while, they've been producing electric vehicles with LFP cells. So all of the buses, taxis, those things, they use the LFP cells, so same exact cells. They've been on the road, so in, in for example, in Shenzhen, most of the taxi cabs are, LF, are, are uh, BYD taxi cabs, and they use the LFP cells. They've been on the road since 2009. Oh, so got that kind of time frame. Nearly 10 years. You have you have these cabs that have a million kilometers on their odometer, and they're they're operating on the same battery. Obviously, all lithium will degrade over time, but that just shows you that, and that's a tough that's a tough test house. When you talk about Shenzhen's hot, it's humid, and you have the battery on the underside of the car. And I promise you, the the cab operators are not lab technicians, so they're not they're not thinking, oh, I got to treat this battery with you know perfect respect. So that we really lean on that as well. The same cells um, being used in that application and performing great. You've got a really strong value proposition here. You've got um, you know presumably great costing, which we haven't talked about, but we'll be able to you know probably with some distribution. And then who handles your distribution in the U.S.? I mean, we work with a number of distributors um, right now. For example. Baywa, you can get their product through Baywa. We're bringing others online as well. Um, we brought a lot of our relationships from Germany to the U.S., so those were the first ones that we started with, Baywa, Kranich, those types. Um, but we're adding other other members as well. So where do you see the energy storage more? Let's talk residential, because commercial is a little difficult, I think, to, for people to kind of you know a, a fully encapsulate the idea of it. But let's talk about residential. Where do you see the residential storage market to go? Right now in Hawaii, to give you a, a sense, if you haven't looked at permit pulls, which is probably not your neck of the woods, we're at 80% of permit pulls are, are incorporating storage right now for PV. Uh, we've had, uh, we're just coming out of the doldrums and we're seeing a ramp right now in the Hawaiian marketplace. We've got a 20 plus percent adoption rate of on grid of, of solar, right? So we see the, the opportunity to really kind of hockey stick in the next maybe year, right? So with that, there's a whole bunch of choices, an array of on grid uh, energy storage choices, and there's a huge asymmetry between seller and buyer. Uh, how does BYD play a role? What do you see happening in the storage market? I mean, I think that if you've got an LFP product that competes with uh, NMC, then you've got a lot to say, especially with that kind of track background. And, and we're, speaking of Hawaii specifically, we're very excited about Hawaii because our cell chemistry in our product plays so nicely with that climate, right? Uh, I've talked to distributors there and they talk about, well, you know, we're, we're worried about having an NMC product in a warehouse because of, you know, as a battery sits, it'll slowly discharge. Well, our product, you know, will discharge slower even at higher temperatures. So it makes, it makes, a, it, it just generally plays nicer, both when you're warehousing, handling all that, but then also when it gets in the home, right? Uh, high power, you can pump a lot of power in and out of these. You can do 1C. So, you, so when we talk about backing up the whole home, this is, one of the best solutions on the market for that, right? Can we talk about 1C just for our listeners' case. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, yeah. So, so 1C is the ratio of capacity to power. So, for example, if you had a 10 kilowatt hour battery, or one of our 10 kilowatt hour batteries, uh, high voltage in the U.S., you can do 10 kilowatts of power in and out of it. That's actually exceeds 
anything an inverter can do, a, a current compatible inverter can do. So we just like to point out that your battery is never going to limit you. And what we see with NMC is it's opposite. You know, we, we see half of those kind of levels of power. So you might get a, a uh, inverter, you might install an inverter that's capable of six kilowatts, but your battery is only capable of five kilowatts. And actually what we see in testing is some of those batteries they even kind of artificially limit that even more. Um, in California, we have what's called S-chip. It's the rebate for uh, storage. And as part of that, you have to do, the manufacturer has to do a discharge test where they say, take it from 100% down to 0%. So this is, I really like to point everyone, distributors, installers, customers towards these tests because A, they show customers exactly what they're going to get as far as usable capacity. Because there's this whole conversation about usable capacity, what is technically capable of the battery achieving and what you get when you, when you pair it with an inverter. And it's important to have that conversation where we include the inverter because no one ever installs a battery on their own. They always install it with an inverter. You're installing a storage system, you're not installing a battery. So if you go to that S-chip data, you see the true discharge uh, capacity that you get with all of these products. And then you also see that performance over that. So as part of that S-chip discharge test, you're trying to discharge power as quick as possible. So with any product, they're gonna, you know, it's going to ramp it up to maximum. And so you get to see the true performance of how it, over the entire um, state of health, the state of charge, you get to see how it's performing with the discharge. So the nameplate capacity, or, or power might be five kilowatts, but when you actually look at the curve, you might see it drop and things like that. So there's a lot of good data in, in something like that that, that a, a customer will actually see, which is useful. Excellent. Well, that's uh, good, dense, solid information about BYD. <laughs> yeah. I really understand it now. We usually don't get the information that efficiently, so thank you, Devin, awesome, yeah. for putting that together. Really appreciate it. So that was uh, BYD, not Senec. Uh, actually, our recording schedule just shifted there, but uh, <laughs> BYD is a great, uh, int interesting company. Uh, owned 24.6% by Berkshire Hathaway, looking at the Wikipedia page right now, and uh, really a player in, um, in in developing batteries for a variety of applications. Uh, and that why why are we talking about this? Because this is all relevant to uh, to our marketplace well, here. Storage. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's what it really comes down to. But uh, BYD is actually the company behind the uh, Honolulu electric buses, though. Yes. No kidding. And, and the okay. Big Island one. Okay. Uh, both. Definitely so. a comer. Take a look, keep a look out for these guys, uh, especially with that lithium ferrous phosphate conversation. Absolutely. So uh, we are going to jump over to Senec now. But we're here to understand what's going on in Europe, and we're really interested in your company and, and understanding you know, what's going on here. So can you give us a sense for how the company started, what it does? Ian was just talking a little bit about Absolutely. the friends and family and the yep. sharing components, a big yep. part of what you do. Absolutely. So Senec has been around since 2009, with our founder really having the vision of storage being the thing that you need uh, for solar to really make sense because as we all know, solar is generating throughout the day, but energy consumption is happening in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. So really in the in the hours when the sun is not shining. So storing your own energy is what we really started with. And from there, we developed to what we're showcasing here at the trade show, which is what we call the Senec 360 degree approach, which is we are ensuring that the energy that you generate gets usable for you wherever you are. So what does that mean? First of all, it means that at home, with the Senec Cloud, you can store, for example, during a European summer, you can store your energy in a virtual account. And in winter, you can deduct from that virtual account with 100% renewable energy, which is being produced by our parent company in BW, that is, among others, running the largest wind parks uh, in Europe. So really, like you, you have excess energy, you put it uh, into the cloud, you, in winter you withdraw from the cloud. And then we took that, step of, uh, uh, we took that a step further and we said there's, there's something big happening with uh, EV, with Teslas and, and other companies really driving the change towards electrical mobility. It's uh, showcasing our new EV charger, whereas at home, you can then also use the energy that you produce by, by yourself. But now with Senec, you can also take your cloud to go. So as you are on the go, as you drive on a highway, you're charging somewhere outside, you can use a fast charging network of 20, 28,000 charging points across Europe uh, that we partner with, and that you can use your Senec account, your Senec cloud to pay. So it basically all becomes part of the energy that you produce at home. It's amazing, especially from our perspective uh, as Americans in Hawaii, to see that there's this opportunity to be able to have effectively a net metered account or an account that allows you to take that with you mobily throughout an entire continent. Right. I mean, that's really something that's very special. We've heard ideas like this circulating 
over the last five or ten years, but that's the first time I've heard of it being implemented. Yeah, so it's running. Uh, the number of accounts is in the few hundreds, so it's not that big yet, but given give, given this, this the ramp up that we see with electrical mobility, we're we are very positive and we see that more and more people that think about EV, before they actually buy an EV, they get to the conclusion, I should get solar, I should get storage, I should get my own EV charger. And then Senec with the Senec Cloud to go really is the obvious choice for these customers. So from that perspective, it's working very well. It's life and we couldn't do it without our parent company, ENBW again, because they are one of the very few companies in Europe that actually have the size to make such a partner network with 28,000 charging stations happen. Senec is uh, partnered with VW or is it ENBW owns us. So ENBW purchased 100% in Senec last year. And from, from that point on, we could really build on that vision together. So over the last year, we implemented a lot of these concepts. We brought them live, we brought them to market. A lot of acquisitions yeah. over the last year in this space. Yeah, you, you, you can tell that the market is going from uh, it's the 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 it's it's consolidating. So really, like I mean, Sonnen being bought by Shell, some of the smaller players having having been gone, uh, some of the Asian players be really becoming global. It's it, I think it's really going to be like you you need a certain size to be able to invest. You need a certain size to also have international presence. Uh, so Senec also operates in in other markets, including Australia, where we are just showcasing what we can do on the largest renewable energy pilot project in Asia Pacific, uh, whereby one of the energy utilities in Australia said, we want to switch one community to 50% residential decentralized generation. And they are doing that in order to get rid of diesel generators, gas generators, and so on. So, yeah. Wow, it's very exciting stuff. So you're rolling this out. You've got a few hundred participants in the, what do you call it? The Share Senec Family and Friends? Senec Cloud to go? Is you can take your cloud, and I always use this example, if your daughter now goes to study at a university in a university city, you can gift your own generated electricity to her. So interesting when you use the term cloud too, because it makes me think about something like a USB, which is data energy, right? Exactly. So this is really uh, special to think of that on a, a macro level. It's very exciting. I think it's amazing that that Senec was not on our radar because we do our best to find information about what's going on. So. I'd love to come back to Maui and surf there. I really enjoyed last time I was there. Yep, thank you. Absolutely. Senec was such a cool thing to discover. I mean, granted, we're in our own defense, they only had a couple hundred installs, right? But uh, it seems like a really neat way to leverage this whole new energy economy. You have your account, you generate, you can purchase it anywhere. You leverage well, like your gift card for your energy. You just keep, yeah. your, you just keep use, it really simple. Feed as much energy as you can, you get a gift card, and then, hey, uh, Julia, good luck in college. Here's, here's, a, <laughs> to buy your here's energy. energy. That was a pretty amazing idea. So that was totally new. Yeah. So uh, we did get a chance to speak with a hydrogen company, Jay. And yep. you're always excited about hydrogen. Absolutely. Uh, they had a beautiful display with this kind of bubbling it's blue. A big, it's, it's a 20-foot container filled with uh, electrolyzer equipment. <laughs> so we're going to get a sense to hear about uh, this from uh, this hydrogen company. Bye. From Hawaii, we have a radio talk show. Okay, We've been cool. doing it for a couple of years now. We have a subsidiary uh, in North America who's doing PV parks. And we, we have had the project development for Robbie Nash's PV park in Hawaii. This is, yeah, what we've done in the past. He is kind of... Um, he um, a brand ambassador for us. Nash. Nash, yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, surf, surf. yeah, yeah. We have, we have, yeah, yeah. But he has. This is the the most uh, the PV park he has um, established uh, uh, with our help. Yeah. So okay, but we are just really, really from the north of Germany, and our founders are windsurfers by heart, and so there was the link. Okay, so we're we're, we're here with uh, what is the name of your company? H-Tech Systems. H-Tech Systems, and this is Nicholas Edge. Edge. Uh, we're here trying to learn about different technologies throughout the fair, but this stands out because you're electrolyzing water, presumably with renewable energies, to create hydrogen. So what's going on? What type of systems do you have? Yeah, we have a PM electrolyzer um, yeah, to produce, as you said, hydrogen out of water and uh, the power of renewables. For us, it's really important that the power is from renewables and yeah, to have really green hydrogen, not the gray ones. Basically, we're splitting the H2O into H2, 
and O2. Yeah. What are the Here you go. cases for this system? Why why would one utilize this? Is it for fuel cells in cars? Is it for uh, other types of uh, fuel, other, uh, use of hydrogen? Different. You have different business opportunities for the hydrogen. Uh, currently, yeah, for the most people, they're aware of hydrogen fueling for the fuel cells in cars, basically for buses, uh, stuff like that. But you can also use it for industrial solutions like methanation to further develop some synthetic fuels. Or you can inject it into the gas grid as well, or basically just to store energy and turn the hydrogen into power afterwards again as well with a fuel cell, but not then for a car, just for the power grid. I got you. So a lot of use cases. And then is this a new product or has it been around for a long time or? Um, it has been, uh, the technology has been around for a long time, but the PM electrolyzer, as you see it over there, is basically just a couple of years old. Just a small solution of us. We also have a one megawatt solution and there are um, some more products to come. But the PM technology is basically around for more than 20 years. How big is this solution we're looking at right here? This is about uh, 250 kilowatts on the nominal load, yeah. This is a small solution, basically. You can produce up to um, 45 kilograms of hydrogen per day. Basically, a car needs more or less for uh, one feeling five kilo, uh, kilogram of hydrogen. So basically up to 10 cars for fueling per day. Nice, got it. So and the bigger solution is more than 100 kilogram hydrogen per day, basically. Yeah. So this could I mean, this could be a solar farm, a 250 kilowatt solar farm. This is a containerized solution. Uh, it's an ISO standard container, so you have a 20 foot container for the small solution, a 40 foot container for the big solution, and you can scale them. So if you need two megawatt, you just put two of yeah, drop two containers. Particular example here, not like if we just as is. 250 kilowatt of power would allow it to produce the, did you say 45 kilograms of hydrogen yeah. per day, which could fuel 10 cars per day. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Right? Okay, that gives you a real sense of scale. I didn't know that, right? Yeah. I didn't understand that those were the units. So, all right, well, thank you very much for your time, Nicholas. Really appreciate it. If you come to Maui, you'll have to join the studio with us, okay? Uh, well, definitely. Right. Just one question for me. Do you know Kelly Slater? Uh, <laughs> oh, not personally, I know him. Uh, yeah. I know him personally. Oh, you do? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. So, uh, interesting hydrogen company there uh, that we kind of meandered past on the show. <laughs> they floor. had a lot of Maui connection. I thought that was excellent. Yeah. People love Maui, you know, <laughs> really. Absolutely. You know, all around the world. It opens a lot of doors for us. <laughs> so, uh, that was a little taste of inner solar Europe in Munich. Frankly, we didn't get a chance to spend a lot of time there, but we did kind of back it up by looking at all the news around the world, the covering the kind of main things. For sure. And we definitely and, got a flavor and, for it, you know, and, that and morning that we were there. Yeah, and even then, we did, I mean, we didn't get to talk, even the people that we did get to talk to, uh, we couldn't fit it all in a show. There's no possible way. We had the uh, the metal polymer batter battery guy, which is just great, crazy good, um, solid state battery. So this is yeah. this is a, a less degrading battery, yeah. degrading battery, um, really good for harsh environments. It's still expensive, but people are saying it's 10 years away, but they've been doing it since 2009. Like these like unicorn so, chemistry type things that are out there for yeah, storage. But, when, but once people start actually manufacturing and you get that economy of scale, it starts to, to play well. It's like the lithium iron phosphate. Yeah. Right now. And there you go. Right now. So there you go, uh, <laughs> folks. That's a little window into Intersolar Europe, Munich, 2019. One of the biggest solar trade shows in the world. Uh, in the world. Brought to you by the Solar Coaster. Uh, it's been a good show, Jay. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, any questions, go to the website, solar-coaster.com. Uh, click like and subscribe if you uh, visit any of our social media portals. And uh, send us your questions. We'd love to know what you think. Aloha Friday, folks. Have a great weekend. Sponsored by Pantech Design, LG Chem, and Sundrum Solar.